Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. We've got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for joining us today. We have a lot to get to, a lot of great sound and some really amusing stories out there. Also, though, uh, a big story that I've just seen all over social media, it's really picking up a lot of steam pretty quickly, is this tweet that Dave Rubin put out. I don't know if people have seen this yet, but he was at the Miami International Airport and he took a photo of the sign in line for the TSA pre-check. And this is, even for today's standards, this is pretty crazy. Now, I just want to remind people before I get into what this is and and how it breaks down the rules if you're an illegal alien and you want to fly in our country. I want to remind you of the Babylon Bee writer, Ashley St. Clair, when she was at the airport and she saw all of these people and she recognized the bags that they had. She recognized the bags because she knew these were bags you get if you were crossing over the border illegally. And she asked a flight attendant, I believe it was Delta. Can you double check me on that, Jared? She asked a flight attendant if these people were legally here. And she was asking questions. And the flight attendant kind of shamed her. You know, he kind of made her feel like a Karen. He said, what does it matter? And when I was reading about that, I started doing a little digging and reading different stories about how people fly in this country without any sort of identification. And I remember when that story was breaking that people talked about illegal aliens actually using court papers, like court documents or arrest warrants as a form of identification. So all that to say, now we fast forward here to Dave Rubin. We've had him on the show before. This is what Dave Dave Rubin put out. This is the sign. It says non-U.S. citizen document validation using CBP-1 technology. TSA is partnering with CBP, Custom Border Patrol, to test the use of CBP-1 at certain TSA checkpoints to validate adult non-U.S. citizen travel documentation when the traveler does not authorize, see, even the, even the spelling, the grammar on this doesn't make any sense, does not authorize have an acceptable form of identification, how it works. Well, I'm here to tell you right now it doesn't work. It does not work for me, at least. But here's how they say it works. One, notify the TSA officer that you are a migrant. Two, the TSA officer will take a photo. Optional. Three, if requested, provide your alien identification number or uh, information. Four, follow officer instructions. Photo capture. This is the part of it that blows my mind. It's like not only... Have you ever forgotten? Here's a question for people. Have you ever forgotten your identification when you go to the airport? Have you forgotten your license? Or, or worse, if you're traveling internationally, have you ever forgotten your passport? It is. It's done. It's done. You show up and you know it's over. 
you know you're missing that flight. You know you're calling someone up to either drop it off at the airport or you're going back home. I would honestly, at this point in my life, if I got to the airport and I forgot my license and I was going to miss my flight, I would probably go home knowing that by the time I sort things out, it's going to be the next day that I'm on a plane. And if you are an illegal alien in this country, you not only do not need an identification card, you don't need a license, you don't need a passport, but you don't even need to take the photo if you don't want to. You are not required to. Photo capture is voluntary, they say. You may decline to have your photo taken. If you do not wish to have your photo taken, please notify a TSA officer. You must still provide your alien identification number or biographical information to the TSA officer, even if you do not have your photo taken. I'm, I'm just giving you this information. This is what's happening. And so I, I was reading into this and I was like, I think I I think I had read something about being able to use arrest warrants or court court date documents in order to fly in this country. Now, now, I don't know if it's different. Like, for example, if Ron DeSantis is sending illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard, I don't know if the rules are different versus uh, the Biden administration sending aliens to um, airports in New York in the middle of the night. I don't know. If some rules apply in certain situations, because I know that if, if Ron DeSantis or Greg Abbott does this, it's co- it's considered human trafficking. But if the Biden administration, if DHS does this, then it's just reticketing people to their final destinations. So I'm not sure of all of the details, but I will tell you this. Josh Hawley, the senator from Missouri, talked about this. This is a flashback, and I believe, Jared, this is from 2022. I don't have the exact date on this, but this was Josh Hawley. He was talking to the head of TSA, and this was during a, a, a hearing, and this is what he had to say. This is cut 10. How many individuals have presented TSA with arrest warrants or deportation notices and were permitted to travel in this calendar year? Uh, under 1,000, sir. How does this policy comport with 18 U.S.C. 1325, which criminalizes improper entry into the United States by an alien? Sir, these uh, individuals that have these arrest warrants, those arrest warrants were issued by the Border Patrol or a customs officer. Um, and they serve as a beginning to our identity verification process. So you can't walk up to a checkpoint, wave that form, and then you go right through into screening. We go through a process to verify that you are the person that you claim to be uh, and that you are receiving the level of screening, which always includes uh, enhanced screening when people don't have the proper identification. Am I the only one who hears that and goes, I don't want the arrest warrant to be the beginning of the process? How about that? How about I don't love that idea to begin with? That that's the start. Here's the start of the journey. To getting on a plane is showing your arrest warrant. And I love how he says under a thousand, like he's so proud of it. Under a thousand. Wow, such high standards you all have for yourselves. A plus, gold star. Let's play the next cut. This is cut 11. Josh Hawley again with the head of TSA. It's a flashback. So somebody who presents an arrest warrant is subject to an in-person interview with the airport's federal security director? They have a, uh, an interview with the officers that are on scene at the checkpoint, but that's not all that's happening. What those officers are doing are they're, they're talking to... Wait, wait, when you say the officers on scene at the checkpoint, who, what are we talking about? The transportation security officers, the uniformed officers at the checkpoint. Okay, but not the federal security director. They, they will bring in the federal security director if needed. Well, why would that person not be needed if, if you have someone who's an illegal immigrant? 
Right. So, so we aren't looking at whether a person is legal or illegal in the country. Our, our function is to make sure that... Why not? Because our role is to make sure that um, people that might pose a risk to transportation um, that's significant enough to either require enhanced screening or to not allow them to fly. Well, well here's... Uh, and I don't... Obviously, I'm not as much of an expert as the head of TSA. He sounds like he really knows what he's talking about. But if you are coming into this country illegally... Right there, I would say you are breaking the law. And right there, that might be a problem for you getting on a plane. Because I know it would be a problem for me. I know that if I had no identification, I didn't want to take a photo, and I was a criminal, I know that would be a problem for me getting on a plane. I can assure you of that right now. And I don't think that's racist or xenophobic or anything for me to say. That's just a fact. If I went to the airport right now with no identification, it would not be that easy. It would not be a situation of, oh, great, just just stand over here to the side. We're going to do a little interview with you. That's just a hunch I have. Can I have the last cut here? Um, this is and, and by the way, I did read this when I was doing a little bit of research on it, that TSA, they're not concerning themselves with who's illegal and who's legal. They're, they're definitely going to concern themselves if you have a bottle of water that's over like three ounces. Now that they're going to worry about. But if you're an illegal alien, that doesn't fall under their purview. That That's not going to, that's not going to pop up as a problem. Uh, this is cut 12. So you position someone who is known to have violated the laws of the United States does, does not thereby need enhanced screening? You're not concerned about this person as a security threat? Uh, sir, there are people every day that violate the laws of the United States that fly. Uh, we look for things that are related to transportation security. And you don't think someone who is, who is by definition, somebody presents a warrant for arrest, mm-hmm. you don't think that that necessitates enhanced screening? Uh, they get enhanced. All, all of those individuals get enhanced screening. You just told me that it doesn't necessarily involve the, no, any, any interview with the federal security director. And you also said that you may well let them get on airplanes. And in fact, you've allowed at least a thousand people to get on sure, airplanes but, but, this year, calendar year alone. Right, but, but in- you know what's amazing is in that cut... He's pulling a Pete Buttigieg. Like, in his attempt, this is how pathetic these people are, okay? These are, this is how pathetic this entire administration and everyone involved in these agencies are. That in his weak attempt to defend himself and the chaos that is going on in this country right now, his defense is this happens all the time. Well, a ton of people get on planes all the time who break the law. That doesn't make me feel better. In the same way that what happened at, in uh, East Palestine, Ohio, when Pete Buttigieg told us, well, there's train derailments every day. I'm like, you're not making the case you think you're making. I suck at my job every day, not just today. For some reason, today is getting so much attention. I'm terrible 365 days of the year. Hmm. The best and the brightest. This is an amazing story. So not only do you not need an identification, if you choose and you don't want to take a photo, then you don't have to. I remember, I, I've been listening, not to make Howie feel old, because I know he listens to the show before his, but I have been listening to Howie since I was younger. My mom would drive around in the car listening to him. And I remember as a kid hearing him say, I don't want any special treatment, just treat me like an illegal alien. And I remember thinking like it was a little dramatic or I don't even know. I just thought eh, it can actually be true when I'm reading this and I'm like, wait, so you don't even have to you don't have to do the minimum here. You get to break the law and then use your arrest warrant as your boarding pass. 
And then if someone says, hey, can we get, take a photo of you? You can say no. I can't say no if I don't want to take my shoes off. I can't say no. I went through the airport recently. And it was, I was bringing formula through TSA. And they were, you know, very nice, very, did, did a good job. And I don't, I don't care. I don't care because it's for security. And if you have to swab some of the cans of formula and you have to go through the rigmarole, I don't care. But what doesn't make sense to me is why my formula that I'm bringing through gets like four or five layers of TSA agent scrutiny. And then other people are coming through without IDs or photos. And that's like, well, you know, people break the law all the time. What kind of response is this? And, and you know what else I want to talk about? And we're opening up the lines here. But the other part of this I want to talk about is something really stuck with me yesterday. We didn't we didn't end up playing it because there was so much stupidity coming from Kamala Harris's interview on The View. But one thing she said was that she's like so scared. She's so scared if Trump wins. She's so scared. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And I keep hearing this from all these Democrats. They're so, oh, Michelle Obama's terrified. It so keeps her up at night. She's terrified of 2024. I'm so sick of hearing how scared people are of losing. Like, if you were that scared of losing, guess what? You do a better job. You weren't scared enough to actually try at these 300 positions you allegedly have. Borders are us. Border czar are us. Whatever your name is. Kamala. You weren't scared enough to actually show up and do anything or go to the border. You now know everybody knows your name. Now you're scared. Now you're scared because you think you're going to be a big loser nobody. And you know you're not going to be the next up for president. So now you're scared. But you're not scared because of democracy or because of Trump executing journalists. You're scared because you've done a terrible job and you know that people are starting to figure it out. Fingers crossed. So yeah, maybe you should be scared. But it's not like for national security, because if you were scared about any of our security, you'd be scared about this. You'd be scared about people getting on planes without identification. That's what you'd be scared of. We're going to take your calls when we come back. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Dr. Houghton of Perfect Smiles is a superb architect. When it comes to dentistry, he's the best at what he does. He fixes your teeth and your smile, but what he really does is he builds the self-confidence of his patients. When you have a smile that you're proud of, it builds confidence in your professional life and in your personal life. Because the better you look, the better you feel. When you're at the office, when you're at social events, when you're just going through your day-to-day life and you check out your smile in the mirror, you're going to feel better about yourself. And Perfect Smiles is the best place to do this. They take it at your own pace. They're going to hear you out. They're going to hear your worries and and what you want to see happen with your smile. And they're going to personalize it and make it the perfect smile for you because that's what matters here. So call Perfect Smiles in Nashville, New Hampshire. They're located off Route 3. They've got plenty of parking and you can reach them at perfectsmiles.com. That's perfectsmiles.com. Check out their video testimonials. If you're on the line now, just hold on. We'll take all your calls on this when we come back. Apparently, if you want to fly and you're an illegal alien, you do not need any sort of identification and you don't even need to get your photo taken. Must be nice, right? 844-500-4242. We'll be right back. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curley Show. Well, 
Let's talk about how scared everybody is. Not the only one. I'm tired of hearing how scared all of these politicians are. I'm scared. You guys were the ones who wanted the job. You guys were the ones who said you could do it. Stop telling me how afraid you are of everything. You've had almost four years now to put into effect all your brilliant plans. Remember the ones you told us about? You had all the answers. You were going to do so, so much of a better job than Trump. And now you've had three and a half years. You haven't done a better job. And all you can tell me about is, oh, I'm so scared he's going to win. I'm not. I'm not scared. If you are, and this is really the point I want to drive home, if you were really scared of Donald Trump becoming president, like if you sit there at night and you're, or, or at the coffee shop with your friends in Wellesley and you go, oh my God, I'm just so scared. I'm just so scared. And what if he comes back on Twitter? I have news for you. Your life is pretty good. Like, you might be as privileged as Hunter Biden if that's what's keeping you up at night. Because most people are scared about making ends meet. Most people are scared about all the wars breaking out. I know Jewish people in this country are scared right now because there's a radicalization of these young progressives, using air quotes there, there's nothing progressive about them. But those people, I get why they're scared. But if you're some liberal moonbat who reads the Boston Globe every day, And you're scared because Joe Scarborough told you that Donald Trump is going to execute journalists from the Washington Post. Take a look in the mirror and and be very happy. Be very happy because things could be worse for you. I'm telling you right now. 844-500-4242. We will take your calls. But let's do the poll question first because it kind of goes along with this. Today's poll question is brought to you by Perfect Smiles. Don't be fooled by imposters with similar names. If you're unhappy with your smile, you need to visit Dr. Bruce Houghton in Nashua. Call 1-844-PERFECTSMILE or visit PerfectSmiles.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurleyShow.com is, how do you think Trump derangement syndrome has changed since 2020? Has it lessened, increased, or stayed the same? Okay, so for the media, I think it has increased. Uh, I think that they've almost like sensationalized the past so much. and, And they have such a... They have such a a fond recollection of that time period. It was the golden age of journalism. And I really think that in their minds, things it's metastasized. Like this has gotten even worse. But for the average person, I do think it has decreased. I think TDS has decreased for the average person. Because let's face it. You are forced to reckon with this new reality with your guy. I'm talking to the Democrats right now. This is your guy. These are all the things that have happened. So at some point deep down in your soul, there must be a tiny bit of awareness that says as as much as I hated his tweets and as much as I thought he was terrible, he did have a better handle on things. And you know what makes me think it's it's lessening a little bit was Jamie Dimon. The, the cut we played of Jamie Dimon at Davos yesterday, where he was saying, you know, for as much as I didn't like Trump, he got some things right. So I'm going to say it's decreased. 10% of the audience say it has stayed the same. 90% say it has increased. Ooh. And 0% believe it has lessened. Okay. Okay. And you know what? I, I am always down to change my mind. We'll take your calls. We're going to go back to talking about illegal immigration 
And Jackie Heinrich from Fox had a good back and forth with KJP that I want to get to. Plus, why Democrats are so afraid. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. Every day there's a lot of headlines about the illegal alien crisis in our country. Today from the Daily Mail it says migrant crisis plunges Denver's main public hospital deep into the red after patients received $130 million of treatments they were unable to pay for. Now it does clarify, which I do think is important here later in the story, that um, it was a lot of these were um, it says that 136 million unpaid includes care to people covered by Medicaid, which was later reimbursed. And 100 million of the unpaid bills were run up by Denver residents, not migrants. Yet here it says that in 2022, the hospital system lost thirty five million dollars. The rising cost has coincided with the unprecedented number of immigrants who crossed America's border and arrived in Denver. Around thirty six thousand have arrived so far. It also says that the Denver Health CEO Donna Lynn said that eight thousand migrants who came to the city from Central America made around twenty thousand visits to the health system. These included dental emergencies, mental health counseling, and childbirth. Now, if anyone in my audience has ever given birth and you've gotten that bill, you've received that bill, you know that that is a pretty pricey stay at a hospital. Um, Tom, you are up next on The Grace Curley Show. I think Tom wants to talk about this latest story involving uh, in the Miami International Airport where migrants don't have to show any sort of identification before getting on a plane. Go ahead, Tom. Hey, hey Grace, how are you? Good, what's going on? I can, let me turn the radio off. All right, I, I get an anecdote for you. But first of all, um, you're a parent now, huh? Yes, sir. Outstanding, good for you, outstanding. Thank you. So now, um, yeah, you know, um, like a Mike Barnacle column, right? When something sounds as though it's been made up, like a Mike Barnacle column, it usually is. So I'm going to leave it to you, Chase, if I'm making this up. So I'm in the bank in Lynn on Boston Street. I do things on a Tuesday or Wednesday because there's nobody around. I got the bank to myself. I got a stop and shop or, or a market basket to myself. So I'm in the bank. There's only two tellers, one at the window, and the other one, the guy, he's bouncing between the, the drive-in and, and the window. So there's a woman at the window, and she's been there a little too long. And now she's talking a little too much. Now... She's talking a little too loud. Come to find out, she had a check, Grace. She wanted to cash a check, but they wouldn't let her cash a check because she wanted for her ID. She wanted to use her sister's green card for her ID. And I'm shaking my head, and the teller is just, she's shaking her head, and you say to yourself, you know, we're, we're, what, what the what, you know? Yeah, and, so, and it goes back to, Tom, what I was saying about getting on an airplane, and I and I... I know everyone understands this because it's just you can't have two different sets of rules. You can't tell one person, hey, listen, you can't bring your water bottle through. And I I don't mind doing any of that. Like, let me make something very clear. I do not mind taking my shoes off. 
I don't mind giving them the formula and making sure they, you know, swab it for, you know, whatever. I don't mind uh, taking my daughter out of the stroller, walking her through. I understand. I understand that this is part of flying now. Okay. And we all have understood that for the past 20 something years that it's part of flying. But make it make sense to me that some people are taking off their earrings for the safety of the plane, but other people aren't even giving any sort of identification or showing, better yet, showing arrest warrants to get on a plane. Both of those things can't be true at the same time. That one of these things needs to happen to keep the plane safe and one of them doesn't. And I think that what we're seeing here, we saw this a lot with COVID too. Like this brings me back to COVID where people were saying, all right, well, you need to get you need to get the COVID-19 vaccine. And I got it. And everybody knows that. And I, I've got a lot of haters. Hello, Rumble viewers. I've got a lot of haters who think I'm a sellout for getting the vaccine. And uh, yeah, the, I'm not going to I'm not going to fight you on that. I wanted to go on my honeymoon. And, and that was my choice. And that's what life's all about is choices. But where I do agree with people is that the absurdity of saying to American citizens, hey, there's one standard of rules for you. There's one set of rules for you where you have to get vaccinated in order to either go to your job or send your kids to school or go into a shake shack in new york city you need to show your vaccination status and then as it's happening we're letting in droves of people who aren't even vaccinated for some of the stuff that was eradicated from this country like 50 years ago and i i I am starting to think i'm starting to think that It's meant to demoralize people. It's meant to make people feel foolish. It's meant to almost put people in their place and say, we're running things. Like we're the Democrats, the deep state, whatever you want to call it. We're running things. And yeah, you will be treated like second class citizens. You you, you will be last on the list. We will put illegal aliens in retirement homes. We will give illegal aliens health care and not veterans we will uh, put illegal aliens in your children's schools so that they have to learn at the counter and do remote learning for the day. And that is part of the point is to make you understand just how unimportant you are. And and as another layer, you're going to pay for it all. It really, You understand why people want to tear their hair out. You understand why people are losing faith in all these institutions and losing faith in this country and whether or not it's going to be able to survive like this. I don't mean to sound dramatic, but you don't have to be like that in tune with politics to understand the hypocrisy involved with this. And you know what I'm so sick of reading about? I'm so sick of reading about Charlemagne the God, his radio guy. He's he's a radio guy. He's from the Breakfast Club. And he's actually had in the past some decent interviews. Like he was the he was the host who um caught Elizabeth Warren in one of her big lies about being Native American. He's had some funny interviews, but it's like every day I'm It was the one Biden said, if you don't vote for me- You ain't black. You ain't black. Yeah. And uh, every day, though, I read a different headline about how he said something that is so obvious, and like I'm supposed to be impressed that five years later, he's come to realize something that all of Republicans have been saying for the last five decades- it's like he's five years late to the party and I'm supposed to think that's awesome for us. Like, oh, it's so great that even a Democrat like Charlemagne the God. Well, Charlemagne, 
today I saw a headline about him talking about illegal immigration and how the you know Democrats got this wrong. Congrats, you're a little late on on, on figuring that one out. It reminds me of when John Stewart was on uh, with Stephen Colbert. A lot of these things tie in together, and he was talking about the Wuhan lab and how yeah, well obviously it started with the Wuhan lab. Like that only makes sense. They were studying coronavirus and then that's where coronavirus broke out from. And it went viral and all these conservatives were going, Look at look at this, you know, John Stewart. John Stewart had the guts to say it on Stephen Colbert and I'm going, Whoop de flippin' do. What good is it to me now? You're like ten years too late. All of these people who are supposedly like the courageous members of our media. The renegades, the comics, the people who are supposed to be counterculture, they only state the obvious years later when they know it's safe. When it doesn't mean anything to anyone. When other people who actually had to risk things have been saying it for years. 844-500-4242. I want to play this cut, though, of Kamala Harris because... She was on The View yesterday, and we played the cut of her talking about illegal immigration, which was complete BS. She talks about how we put together a comprehensive... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I need to go into my Kamala Harris constant on the verge of laughter voice. We put together a comprehensive... She always sounds like she's going to burst into laughter. And they love... The Democrats love... This lie about Joe Biden, the first thing he did, well, first of all, the first thing he did was cancel the Keystone Pipeline. Okay, this man has his priorities straight. He wants to make us energy dependent, and he wants to make sure that he kills good American jobs. So that was first on his list. And then they like to say he brought forward a comprehensive immigration bill. Now, as one of my brilliant callers pointed out yesterday, it's weird that didn't work, though. Because now they say, oh, no, it was a Republican's fault. Republicans didn't take up the bill. Republicans didn't go for it. It's weird, though, because Republicans, when Joe Biden was first in the White House, Republicans weren't in charge. Democrats were in charge. They had control of the Senate. They had control of the House. They had control of the White House. But Democrats didn't want to vote for this immigration bill. Isn't that weird? They couldn't get their own party on board. And yet somehow that's the fault of Republicans. So besides that, the other thing she said that caught my attention here was she was explaining to Joy Behar why she's scared as heck. <laughs> Cut seven. Now, are, are you scared, first of all, what could happen if Trump ever became, God forbid, president again? And what are you going to do to stop the crazies? I am scared as heck. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I'm traveling our country. You know, there's an old saying that there are only two ways to run mm. for office. Either without an opponent or scared. So on all of those points, yes, we should all be scared. Yeah. Is it just me? And I'm not a political, you know, I haven't watched that many of these political campaigns too closely. And maybe this is something Democrats relate to. Maybe they're just such scaredy cats that they enjoy this. They want to know. They want to feel that connection with their leaders. They're just as scared as us. They're just as deranged as we are. They're just as paranoid that the sky is falling as we are. Maybe this is just something I I can't get on board with. I don't like to think of the people I'm voting for as being scared. I'm so scared. I'm scared as heck. Not just scared, scared as heck. Michelle Obama said this recently, too. Let's, Let's play cut eight. 
and you wonder where are people, where are we in this? You know, where are our hearts? What's going to happen in this next election? I am terrified oh, about ter- what could possibly happen. Terrified. She's terrified. Well, I am, first of all, I want to tell you all that she's not terrified. Like Michelle Obama has Secret Service. She has a beautiful house in Hawaii. I'm sure she is not shaking in her $4,000 Balenciaga boots over what's going to happen in the election. I just don't get the sense she's losing sleep over it. So that's just pure theater. But for Kamala, the person who's running, the heir apparent, the person who could be president someday, as scary as that is, you want to talk scared, you weren't scared enough to even attempt to do the 300 plus jobs that fall under your LinkedIn resume. For the last three years. Now you're scared because you don't want to lose. And maybe you, you're reading the tea leaves like Jamie Dimon. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're seeing the writing on the wall. But that's all you're scared of is losing. Losing power. You aren't scared for the safety of the American people. Or protecting democracy. Or any of the, um, the tired lies that they trot out. For their lame ass appearances on The View with all those morons. And you know what? If you're so scared, go be scared on your own time. Like, I, I don't want a scared vice president. I really don't. See, there's plenty of scared people out there. You're the one who wanted the job. You're the one who said you could do it. So toughen up a little bit, okay? Leave being scared to other people. You, you don't have time to be scared. Everything's falling apart because of your ideas, because of your scary ideas, I just, I, they think this is like the winning message. I'm so scared. Okay. Well, you know what? I want somebody who's not scared. How about that? I want somebody who, who's not terrified at night thinking about all these things. I want somebody who actually has ideas on how to fix things and build things and put us first. Auctions are one of the oldest forms of commerce known to man, and auctions are how economies determine the values for assets and commodities. Auctions are not a fire sale at a discounted price. Rather, auctions are an accelerated sale with competitive pricing. A lot of people, they they just discount auctions because they, they think of foreclosures. They kind of think of it as this old school thing that people were only using in certain situations. But I was talking to Justin Manning about it, and he's he's been... So great with my listeners, especially 50 of my listeners have gone to him. And he said that everyone is kind of taken aback at how amazing this process is and how more people don't use it. And just because your parents listed their house for sale at a set price or, you know, that's what your neighbors do, that doesn't mean that you have to. This is a different way of doing things. And it's one of the fastest growing segments in real estate. Because at J.J. Manning, they've got a time-tested approach, and it began over 16,000 auctions ago in 1976 by its founder, Jerome Manning. So what are the main benefits of a J.J. Manning accelerated sale versus a traditional listing at a set price? Well, there's a few reasons why I always encourage people to check out the Manning method, because 
There's no contingencies. The buyer signs their exclusive PNS and makes a 10% non-refundable deposit that day. And in the Manning method, you set the terms which all buyers must follow. So they're going to use their 30-30 marketing plan. It's 30 days of marketing saturation, 30 days to close. There's no deviations to the purchase and the buyer's feet are kept to the fire. So they really have this time-tested approach that they've figured out. It's the perfect recipe and it works. They've seen this happen. They have all the tools to make it happen for you and it takes out a lot of the stress. Now, if you want to learn more about this and you want to learn how to get your commercial, residential, or land sold quickly, I encourage you to contact Charlie Gill, who's awesome. You guys will love him. And his number is 800-521-0111. Or you can visit jjmanning.com. If you call Charlie today at 800-521-0111, make sure you tell him you heard about it on The Grace Curley Show or go to jjmanning.com and get your real estate sold. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. You know how, Jared, you told me yesterday that Mayor Wu was going to New Hampshire? So run this by me. She's going to try to convince people that instead of voting for Donald Trump, because, okay, so Howie's poll question yesterday was, do you think people will vote for Nikki Haley as a way to spite Trump or vote for Joe Biden? Did do, do you hear that poll question? I did, yeah. And I agree with him that people's hatred for Donald Trump is going to is going to outweigh them wanting to like mess mess things up or or I'm sorry, their hatred for Donald Trump is going to outweigh them wanting to support Joe. It's never been about Joe, it's always been about Trump. Right. But Mayor Wu's going to try to convince people to vote for Biden, even though the DNC told us a while back that this was all meaningless. And now all of a sudden they're in panic mode. Yeah, she said she was going to encourage people not to vote for Trump, I think was kind of, or to like encourage people against that or something. So I I don't know if she's going to be part of the Biden writing campaign or if she's going to tell people to go for Nikki Haley. You know what I think she's doing? I think she's angling for another job. Because I mean, she's done such a bang up job with the city. Yeah, but you know what's crazy is as bad as she's been, she's not progressive enough for the woke people in Boston. I read a story today in the Boston like, Globe. Despite going to a party that barred white people, still not progressive enough. No, yeah, the segregated party didn't do it for the radical left. They're like, you need to try harder, okay? You are not cutting it. This is the story in the Boston Globe. It said, Boston Mayor Michelle Wu faces criticism from progressives. Now, I'm not... As anyone who's followed my career knows, I'm not a big fan of Michelle Wu, but I will say I would consider it a feather in her cap that Kendra Lara is in this piece criticizing her. I have to imagine that when former city councilor Kendra Lara is not happy with you, you might be doing the right thing. I, I wouldn't I would lose sleep over that. 
I'd say also put up a fence, but that's never stopped her. So Yeah, no, it hasn't. Um, when we come back, I actually want to read a little bit here from Miranda Devine. She has a really good piece about the difference. And I know we play this game a lot, like imagine if it were Trump. But when it comes to Hunter, people forget the treatment of Eric and Donald Trump Jr. And Miranda Devine laid it out in a really, really succinct way that I would like to just go through a little bit. Plus... Remember Jamal Bowman, who thought that pulling the fire alarm would open the door in Congress? Well, he's got a great idea that involves $14 trillion in reparations for black Americans. All of that and more when we come back.